The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, Tommy Dreamer and I get all in on AEW Dynamite just days away from all out which Busted Open will be at Chicago Time 1230 at the Renaissance Schoenberg Convention Center Hotel. But we get into Moxley and Punk, now your main event at All Out. How they got there? Hmm. We have our takes. Also, we get into the AEW Trios Championships, which we'll find out who they are at All Out. And then speaking of Sunday at All Out, there's also another show, NXT Worlds Collide. And we preview that with... Wade Barrett, no bad news. We barrage him with questions right now on the Busted Open Podcast. We're getting closer and closer to Chicago. Of course, Busted Open is going to be there beginning at 1.30 Eastern Time, 12.30 Central. Myself and Mark Henry will be talking to the biggest stars in AEW like Brian Danielson. How about that? You excited, Tommy? I'll be manning the phones here at home on that Saturday. That's right. And we're going to be at All Out AEW Fan Fest Saturday. Can't wait to see the nation. It's 1230 Chicago time, not Schomburg time. So we're erasing the Schomburg time. It's Chicago time. Though it is at the Renaissance Schomburg Convention Center Hotel. So looking forward to seeing the nation at AEW Fan Fest at the Renaissance Schoenberg Convention Center, Tommy. A lovely establishment. That's right. But the main event for All Out is Moxley and Punk. We saw Moxley start Dynamite, then Punk came out, Moxley came out again. What did you think, Tommy, of what we saw and heard on Dynamite last night? As Tony Khan said on Wednesday, there was going to be further developments. I loved all the promos. Promos suck you in. Mm-hmm. And John Moxley in a hostile environment for your babyface champion cut one hell of a promo of why he is the best. And he did get that edgier John Moxley that he is. And then at the end of that, I have a signed contract. And when he left it there, and then they told the story very quickly. I mean, if you saw last week, a steel 
was the guy who helped CM Punk uh, leave the ring. They mentioned him. It was a nice little teaser. He came out, grabbed that contract. You had three segments of this, and all three were great. And it sold me on the match. It had a a real, like, hometown feel for it. And then, I mean, where are you going to promote CM Punk the best is in his hometown. And when you had the one person hating on him and he just stopped and cut that promo on that guy right then and there, turn the crowd totally behind punk and that whole um a steel coming out and he was he was mickey and cm punk was rocky and that promo was great they drop in the f-bomb it was it was as real as real can be and cm punk just turning it on and getting and basically telling everybody i'm just like you I was this kid from Chicago. I am this man from Chicago. I was born with a cord around my throat. And because they try to kill me since day one, like all these things that people can relate to, but also this is your hometown hero talking about winning the title back in his hometown in front of his people. It was a money promo. It was a money three segments. Uh, and then Moxley answering the challenge later was just so, so good. And you didn't need physicality between the guys. It was, it was literally a war of the words. And it was it was money. Got me invested into the main event. You and I have a different opinion about do you want to see the show because of the main event? Was it ruined? But not only say ruined, is it spoiled because you saw them wrestle before, or was this another layer to it? My, I want to order the show just because of the energy I'm going to see and feel as it radiates through my television. If I'm there live, I do feel like I have to be there live to see it. Um, because of all that, and I think it added to an extra layer of this CM Punk, John Moxley. I mean, they talked history. They talked, it, it wrapped up their story to the point where they're at before the match. And I loved it. And all those promos were, were great. And, uh, you know, they, they, he told, Ace told the story of like, I was your trainer. I was your friend. I, I know Ace. I've, uh, you know, he was in, I hired him into WWE's developmental system and it wasn't because he was CM Punk's friend. It was because he was a good wrestler. And then, you know, he got an opportunity. CM Punk wasn't on the main roster. He was, I think it was in the, the system twice. And then he was a producer uh, down in NXT. And then he went to be a producer there. Cut a hell of a promo. I knew he could cut a promo. His uh, first stint, he was the Donald Trump impersonator back in the day for WWE. Um, that was the original role that he got booked at. And when they saw that he could talk and he could do something and that they finally pulled the trigger and hired him, Oh, the kid could have something. He held that segment. Great. That was back in the day. And man, he captured, he played the role of Mickey. He played the role of you're my friend. We ain't going out like this. Win one from Johnny, man. Win one from Johnny. 
I, I, you're right. I do have a different take on what took place and not just what took place last night, Tommy, but what's been taking place the last few weeks. Um, I asked you a question uh, a couple weeks ago before the match that took place between Punk and Moxley on Dynamite. If that match was going to take away from the match that they were going to have at the pay-per-view. Do you think it did? Or do you think they did enough last night to make you forget that they were in the ring? Or did that help the build towards what we're going to see on Sunday? Answer your question. I would say I would have just gone with title versus title. And it's the first time these these guys are going to fight. What they did do, they gave you a very, an excellent rating. It gave you shock value. And it gave you what I'm, why did I tune in last night? I tuned in last night to see what the hell's going to happen with this world title picture. Days away from the main event in Chicago. And I thought, like I just said, they wrapped up the story of what I'm going to do, why I'm going to do it, and where I'm going to do it, and when I'm going to do it. And it almost, there was a lot of, listen, man, there's been a lot of negative around CM Punk before that. Mm-hmm. All that was lost in, that, in those promo segments. It got everyone behind him. And I'm not just talking about in Chicago about there. Because the best part about CM Punk, like I said, when he kept on with that first promo, tell me when I'm, stop me when I'm lying. And that's just not his perspective. That's where it's plausible deniability. He is kind of telling the truth about something. And all this stuff and all that stuff is a lot of backstage stuff. And, you know, here it, it happens, it happens. But when you then talk about dollars and interest and views and buys. Hmm. It's, it's interesting. Did Mike Tyson, when he got knocked out by Buster Douglas, did he, uh, well, I think he went to jail, but when he came back, was he not a a draw later? No, of course he was a draw, but, but here's, but here's the thing, Tommy. And I was a little confused by it because we had the match. We had the match last week, the match that lasted, Three minutes. Punk is coming back from injury. The question was, did he come back from injury too soon? He went to go to kick, but his planted foot gave way. And it led to him losing the match to Moxley in record fashion on Dynamite a week ago. Then he comes out last night downtrodden. Obviously, he would be after a loss like the one that he took last week. But he's saying that his foot is 100%. And then he asked the question, but 100% of what? Like, I, I didn't understand. Like, did Punk all of a sudden lose all confidence? And then, like you said, it took Ace, who was the Mickey in this situation, to pump him back up. That's a lot to happen within just a few days. I really think I would be more excited about this match on Sunday, Tommy, if they didn't touch, if they didn't have a match last week. And I think it kind of set up people's expectations that somebody else might get involved. By the end of Moxley's promo last night, fans were chanting MJF. They weren't chanting Punk. They were chanting MJF. And now, obviously, Punk came out, and the fans love Punk. He walked through the crowd. There's actually a picture of 
of of a, of a fan holding up a baby like it's the Lion King to CM Punk, which was pretty outrageous. But Chicago loves Punk. For me, as a fan outside of Chicago and who wasn't there in attendance, I think I would be more excited for the match on Sunday if they never had that match last week. And honestly, it's there. There was no reason to have that match last week. And I'll even throw it on top of it. Bully brought up a scenario where it almost played out perfectly last night on TV. Bully actually said on this air, they should start the show Wednesday, meaning last night, with Moxley coming out there and giving an open challenge. And there's Moxley giving an open challenge. Then they should have Punk come out and talk about that he wants to get back in the ring with John Moxley and have one more opportunity. That's exactly how it played out. And then Moxley should get back into the ring and say, hey, you know what? You want this opportunity? You want me to give you something where you're going to have to give something to me. Put your career on the line. And that got me excited. I actually thought that was going to play out last night. Obviously, it didn't. I just feel like it was almost forced to have that match. And even Punk's promo, to me, felt a little bit forced last night. To me. If you missed anything this week on Mad Dog Sports Radio, I got you covered. It's Mike Babchicks. Morning After, where we play back the best clips of the week and recap in a way you have never heard before. It's a roast like no other, and no one is safe. Not Mad Dog, not anyone. This is a Morning After walk of shame you actually won't regret. You can find Mike Babchicks Morning After on Sirius XM, Pandora, Stitcher, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Don't forget to follow the show so you never miss an episode. The United Empire versus the Elite. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with factors, no prep, no mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors Fresh Never Frozen Meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Head to Factormeals.com Busted50 and use code Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Busted50 at Factormeals.com Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Dude, uh, I friggin' loved it. It was next level. Um, this is for wrestling fans and this is also for wrestlers that type of match that type of style is how the business at times is heading but if you look at all six men what they did they did it right they did it smoothly and they did it most importantly safely yes accidents happen but you know Kenny Omega man you watch them you know when they say generational talents Here's a guy who's banged up. Look at his movements. There was no wasted movements. Look at how he hits the ropes. When I say I see these things, there's things that, man, go back and watch a young Steve Austin hit ropes. Steve Austin hit the ropes 
like no men had ever hit ropes before. Go back and watch Shawn Michaels, how he used to bump and feed, or, you know, Pat Tanaka bumping and feeding and like go back and watch the Orient Express versus the Rockers at the Royal Rumble. And you'll be like, you can't believe the stuff you were seeing or the Midnight Express versus the Rock and Roll Express, because during that time, these guys were doing things that just wrestlers didn't do. And you saw that in all of those men last night. And it's a different style. It's a newer style, but the fluidity, the impactfulness, the how they how Kenny Omega hits those ropes, man. There's stars like that that help build the foundation of a company, uh, help just like they're just different. And there's so many wrestlers that if you seriously notice the difference in them, and I always tell people, take, you know, three to five of your favorite wrestlers of all time and steal something like that from how they do it. Take what you like out of them and apply it to yourself. But man, they did everything how you're supposed to do it and they did it right. And I'm talking from the beginning of the belt. It looked like they were in a fight. They looked like they were in a car crash. They looked like everything that you you wanted in one match, like with a buildup and then it looked like we really wanted to win this match to advance in a tournament. And all those men went out there and just crushed it. They laid it out there all on the line. And this, listen, not everyone could do stuff like that. Then I'll take it where look at when Mick Foley, Cactus Jack used to do things. It was, wow, there's pro wrestling, but wait, there's also these different guys who stand out. When Mick Foley like used to drop his elbow or how you take the running clothesline over or just how Mick would bump and then sell from his earliest days in WCW to when he became Mankind. There's these special characters, The Rock, the way he would throw punches, Steve Austin, everything. But there's a reason why these guys are where they are and where they were in their careers. And you could so sit back and watch that and study it. It was the most beautiful form of art I've ever seen in professional wrestling. And I don't care uh, because if anyone's going to debate me, oh, they did high spots. Yes, they did. Go back and watch the Midnight Express versus the Rock and Roll Express. And I'm sure there was a locker room of old timers who were just like, you kids are going to be killing this business. This Bobby Eaton's taking backdrops on the floor. This Ricky Morton's diving to the, it, to the floor from the ring. And just how they did things great. Ricky Steamboat, when him and, and it's also with your opponent, because Ric Flair would have a different match with everybody, but he would do at times the same type of spots. But look at the ferocity when him and Ricky Steamboat would get in there. And when Ricky Steamboat would get chopped, bounce like a Spalding ball and be right back up, firing back. The match, the tone was set on the one of the opening spots of a tackle and go back and look at how quickly Osprey nipped right back up. I was blown away and that hooked me and they never let that match die in the sense of they kept up that pace and it went throughout. And there's a lot of men in AEW and WWE and impact wrestling that could do that style, but there's certain things about that 
that were done to perfection. And I said it to him, that was as close as one of the perfect matches I've ever seen again. And this name, Kenny Omega, keeps on being in my personal list of perfect matches. And I watch wrestling differently, and I don't recommend everyone watching wrestling like I do because you should be committed into an insane asylum. But this is what I've dedicated my life to do. So that suplex that he has, that underhook, that when he delivers it, it's so exactly how you're supposed to land and how you're supposed to land your opponent. Because I see people going out there and doing it, and they're just literally just no care for your for your opponent and just doing it to to do it or there's this new generation that they go out there and they seem to like to slap themselves when a wrestler is hitting them it's no longer slapping my you know leg slapping when i'm super kicking it's i'm going to slap myself when somebody's hitting me if someone can't make a noise on slapping somebody on your chest why are you going to help them and then smack the shit out of them in their chest because guess what you don't know how to do you don't know how to make a pop on your chop learn from that and dave i also go back to competitors as simple as bill dundee versus jerry lawler punching each other with this unbridled not hockey style, like selling Nick Bockwinkle, Jerry Lawler. There's things that made these people great and drew great money throughout. And at times it's, it's every performance. If you, you, those guys laid it out there on the line and every performance should be like that. And there's so many wrestlers that can do that, but then they'll lack the littlest of things. And I, seriously, I go back and like all those great things that I talk about watching and seeing, I saw last night. It was like all this greatness came throughout while I'm watching this match. And I was like, God, this is why I love this business. Because yes, it has moved forward. Yes, it has progressed. Yes, it has gone uh, this different type of style. But damn, it was so, so good. And yes, when Will Ospreay hit that frigging some sort of 450 into like their own type of tombstone pile driver. And I was like, Oh my God, that could have been a finish. But when he kicked out, Oh my gosh, if I wanted to go old school, why would you kick out of that? Blah, blah, blah. But then they followed up with it. And it was just, it was serious. It was beautiful. It was, it was, I loved it. I actually, like I say, if I had a VCR, I would have taped that match. And I'm going to reference that match for anybody who asked me a lot of things because I see greatness in a lot of people. I see greatness in Trey Miguel who can do things that I don't understand how, but when he places them together, it's the biggest part of you're either going to be here or you're going to become the next generation's Rey Mysterio. There are Josh Alexander, Eddie Edwards. There's guys in, in impact that I can, somebody as big as Moose can do a different style like that. It's an athletic, it's more an aggressive style. I love it, but it's it's not for everyone and it's a changing business, but that match is what the business is going to eventually become. And I loved it. And they also had a lot of psychology to it as well. And it was just, thank you guys uh, for that match. 
And if you were there in attendance, you got to witness something live. That's one of those moments where you could say, I was there. As a wrestling fan, you know it's hard. All the blood, the sweat, the tears, the chairs. It's a hard day out there. And do you know what tastes incredible after a hard day in the ring? A Mike's Hard Lemonade. You get all hot and bothered, and then you can cool off with an ice-cold hard lemonade. Since day one, Mike's Hard Lemonade has been making lemonade the hard way. They take three kinds of lemons, all hand-picked from family farms, and cold-press them to create a taste like no other. They choose to do things the hard way because they know hard days deserve a hard lemonade. That's why for 25 years, nothing has tasted better after a hard day than a Mike's Hard Lemonade. Find now in store, Mike's is hard, so is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium malt beverage with flavors. Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. This is Adam Shine, host of the Adam Shine Podcast. Here to tell you, you can listen to my podcast all year round. I'll give you my NFL picks against the spread, give you fantasy advice all season long, while being joined by the best guests in all of sports. He's Aaron Rodgers of the Green Bay Packers. This is what I expect. You know, I expect to play well every year. We release episodes of the Adam Shine Podcast every week. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast or listen on the SXM app, included with most subscriptions. The Adam Shine Podcast. NXT Worlds Collide, and to talk about all that, plus the amazing, excellent job he does each and every week on commentary, we bring in good friend of the show, Wade Barrett. Sir, how are you this morning? Thank you very much, guys. What a pleasure to be back on the show. You know, I'm a big fan. Always, always love coming out busted open with you guys. Love it. And listen, Wade, you are doing a fantastic job on commentary and you're so comfortable doing it. You have great chemistry with your partner as well. How much fun are you having doing NXT? Oh, thank you, David. Listen, I, uh, I appreciate all the support you give us over the last couple of years. I know you're always tweeting us and hitting us up. So we appreciate that. I'll tell you what, I, I absolutely love my gig on NXT. I'm doing color commentary alongside my play by play guy who is Vic Joseph. You're right. I'm having an absolute blast with that guy. Um, I give him a hard time every week on the show. Don't tell him I said this. I think he's absolutely superb as a play-by-play guy. And he gives me a lot of freedom to go out and, and try and entertain and be, be the color guy that I'm supposed to be. So I love my gig. What an environment NXT is. Um, I've been in a ton of locker rooms over the years. Uh, Tommy Dreamer will attest to this. They're not all built equally. Sometimes there are places you go and you work in this industry and it feels like torture and you don't want to be there and it's a a dark cloud hanging over the place. NXT has been the absolute antithesis of that, a real positive growth environment and somewhere I'm absolutely thrilled to be. That's so awesome to hear. Uh, Straight up, my favorite three-person team was you, Beth, and Vic. I thought it, it, it... it, it's my favorite three-person team of all time. Um, oh. And you you being that addition really, really cemented the deal. And uh, it just – it took commentary to the next level because what you guys do is help this next generation of talent get them over. I was very, very blessed to have the Joey Styles, the Jim Ross, and the Michael Coles uh, when he could help endorse me. And you guys have done that to a T. And though when Beth stepped away, you haven't missed a beat. 
And yes, Vic is uh, amazing at his job. Um, so I just wanted to pay you those, give you those flowers, man, because not everyone can do what you do. It is so hard to do commentary. Um, what do you think your, your hardest thing to adapt from going from the ring to going as an announcer? Because, hey, not everyone succeeds and there's been great players who've played the game and then they get that type of gig. And I'm not just talking wrestling across the board and it's it doesn't happen. But you've just been such a natural transition for your career. Thank you, Tommy. That is a huge compliment, and you're right. We love working with Beth. Beth is doing some great things in the world right now. I think we're going to see her back in the ring very soon, I suspect, with Rhea Ripley. We will see if that develops. Uh, but, yeah, we had a hell, of a hell of a good time working with her and working as a trio, and uh, I really appreciate you saying that, Tommy. There's been some incredible teams over the years, so for you to, to speak about us in such a esteemed way, uh, I really appreciate that, so thank you. No, I only speak from my, the truth. In terms of my transition from being an in-ring guy to being a commentator. Um, I think at the back of the, my head, I always knew I wanted to do commentary one day. So that's probably part of it. I think I always felt it was something I really wanted to gravitate to, towards as I got older. Um, the most difficult thing probably is accepting that you are no longer the star of the show. Um, as you'll know from your time in the ring, um, anytime you were on camera, anytime you got an opportunity, you wanted to pull as much of that spotlight towards you and hang on to it and di direct it in whatever way you can towards Tommy Dreamer or, or for me towards Wade Barrett. You realize now when you're on the commentary desk, it's no longer about you. I'm a backing dancer for whatever talents are in the ring, be it Bron Breaker, Carmelo Hayes, uh, Mandy Rose. It's never about me anymore. Anytime I'm talking about myself on the show, um, I'm trying to do it to bring in some experience from my career to explain what's going on with these younger talents who are coming through now. So uh, I had to accept that as soon as I decided to move on to the desk, this isn't about me. I'm no longer the star. Um, so that was something, a, a, a mental transition as much as anything else. And once I accepted that, the, the whole situation got a lot easier for me. Is there uh, anyone on the NXT rosters or anyone that you see that you were like, I would love to step in the ring with them? Yeah, there's a bunch of guys coming through. And one of the great things I think about NXT is this rotation of talent that comes through. There's no chance of NXT's roster ever getting stale or stagnant just because of the process. We, we build guys and girls up. Um, we give them maybe 12, maybe 18 months on TV down here. And then I think by then, someone's going to pull the trigger and take them up to Raw or SmackDown if they're, they're showing the chops to make it to the next level. Um, so there's a constant influx of new guys coming in. I'd say someone who's really caught my eye, though, is Carmelo Hayes. Um, he's the North American champion down here. A lot of talk about bangers these days in terms of matches. He's NXT's guaranteed banger guy. Every time he is in the ring, you are getting a five-star, whatever you want to call it, classic matchup. Um, he's somebody that I feel like I always had a good time when I was in the ring with some of the smaller, faster-moving, high-flying guys who could add that element of physical excitement that maybe I was a bit restricted in because of my own size. Um, I'm talking about guys like Kofi Kingston, uh, Dolph Ziggler. I always really enjoyed getting in, in the ring with those type of fast movers. Um, and I think Carmelo Hayes exemplifies that. I think he would be a hell of a lot of fun to get in the ring with. I would struggle to keep up with him, 
I already have my game plan in mind, how I'd take him down, try and restrict his movement. But I think he's somebody who's going to be on our TV screens at the highest level for the next 15 plus years. He's a guy that if you're not aware of him, if he's been flying under your radar, Carmelo Hayes, North American champion of NXT, who's going to have his championship on the line this Sunday at NXT Worlds Collide against Ricochet, uh, which is guaranteed to be a banger. Um, he's, a, he's a guy you've got to get eyes on because he's, he's going all the way to the top. I agree in that assessment. I wrestled him and before he went to NXT and I was like, this kid has it. And I'm so glad he's in that system and his star is uh, shining. I think you guys have also done an amazing job of building this show when worlds collide, where you've had the task of getting the, the casual viewer into these shows. I mean, this last episode was so important bringing back a lot of the, the WWE superstars to show the importance of the UK versus the NXT brand. And it's just, it really made it a special event, but I'm looking and I'm talking to somebody who's from the UK and you have, I don't want to say you'd have mixed uh, emotions, but I mean, you guys really brought it to a, a big fight feel across the board with every match because there is what we call bragging rights. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, we were in a bit of a unique position this week on TV. We had such a short build to NXT Worlds Collide. Normally, we, we know about two months out, okay, we're going to have the Worlds Collide show on this day. It was actually set up pretty late for various reasons, and it wasn't confirmed until a couple of weeks ago. So the amount of time we had on TV to, to build to the show was really limited. So I'll credit the, the guys on the creative team, the, the management team, who put together this most recent show on Tuesday where they brought in the likes of Gunther, um, Alba Fire, um, and various others who, who came in. The former champions, Butch was on there too, um, Shayna Baszler, and, and really talked about the legacy of these championships and how important they have been for the history of NXT, NXT UK, and the kind of champions who've gone on to now star on shows such as Clash at the Castle on Saturday. So I think they did a great job of tying that in, showing why these two different championships from these two brands are so important uh, and why their legacies are on the line and how much pressure is really on the shoulders of the respective NXT and NXT UK champions this Sunday, uh, NXT Worlds Collide, to make sure they don't let down the legacy of those great champions who came before them. You know, Wade, when you look at NXT 2.0, and, and I, myself included, when the black and gold brand went away, everybody's head was on fire, and mine was too. But talk about this com progression of NXT 2.0 and how really this, sh this show now is really highlighting the younger talent. And really, like you said, and I think it was an interesting comment from you that it's always fresh because that's the goal of NXT 2.0 is to build stars to move over to the main roster. Yeah, I would say it was a, a seismic shift when we went from the black and gold brand to NXT 2.0 about a year ago. I know it turned off a lot of our viewers, a lot of people who were fans of the black and gold era kind of felt slapped in the face maybe, and it was such a jarring change to what we went to. And um, you're right, I felt previously the black and gold era wasn't really serving as that traditional developmental show that we once had when I went through OVW or Florida Championship Wrestling. It was all about these young guys coming through K-12, 18 months at most, and then you're on your way. You're, you're going to be off and running. Um, and I feel like Black and Gold, great TV show in its own right, great wrestling show. 
but it kind of morphed away from that. And there was an element of the younger talent who were trying to break through, not able to get those opportunities on the show. And, and perhaps the roster at times was starting to get a little stale. It was the same faces for many years. Great competitors in, in their own right. Um, but I think the change was necessary. Um, and now it opened up a, a ton of opportunity for people like Carmelo Hayes, Tiffany Stratton, Bron Breaker to, to go out, develop, grow, and show what they can do and be the next generation of WWE stars who are going to be on Raw and SmackDown. Um, and one of the great things, as I mentioned, I felt there was a, a little jarring change for a lot of people. And suddenly, 12 months ago, you had all these new names on the show that nobody was familiar with. I think now with 12 months of build with a lot of those characters, with the, the Carmelo Hayes, the Bron Breakers, the, the Tiffany Strattons, the Roxanne Perez's, they are now stars in their own right, and they're able to carry the show. And I think the fan base of NXT now has their claws sunk into these humans, these characters, and, and the storylines that, that back them up. Um, and I think that has helped us really start to grow the audience again. I think our viewing figures are, are climbing once again now. And I, I feel like we have a, a real good setup down here and we're, we're onwards and upwards again. And also, too, Wade, I believe that it's also refreshed some superstars as well. Look at Mandy Rose. I think Mandy Rose is doing the best work that she has ever done in her career right now on NXT 2.0. 100%. Mandy Rose has been a star for many years. The second I met her, I think in, in 2015, I think she was on the Tough Enough show back then. Um, you knew the second you met her, this girl's going to be something special. Um, I feel perhaps she got moved onto the Raw and SmackDown rosters too quickly. She wasn't able to get those reps in ring at the time. And suddenly she was out running with the Wolves on the biggest shows on planet Earth. And I think that perhaps hampered her growth and development. And she wasn't given the, the respect in the ring that perhaps she needed. I think coming back down here to NXT, getting those reps in, becoming the focal point of the women's division now for 12 straight months, holding the, the NXT women's title for almost a year straight now and having some real classic matchups with some great competitors. It has done the power of good for her. She's ready to go, in my opinion. If uh, Raw and SmackDown come knocking and they need a, a new female competitor, Mandy Rose, and indeed the rest of Toxic Attraction, that is a ready-made team trio ready to go up there and, and cause some real damage. So, yeah, it's done the world of good for her. And then you have to look at people like Dolph Ziggler. He came down here earlier this year, won the NXT Championship from Braun Breaker. Gave Bron Breaker some great experience of working with a genuine bona fide world champion, a veteran in, in, the, in the form of Dolph Ziggler. And even right now, we have Apollo Crews who perhaps had stalled a little on Raw and SmackDown. He's come down here to NXT for a little bit of time, and he's doing some great stuff in ring right now. He, is, he has his sights set on Bron Breaker. He wants to get to Bron Breaker and win the NXT Championship eventually. Uh, but it's a great opportunity for Apollo Crews to perhaps flesh out different areas of his own character um, and get people excited once again to see Apollo Crews go back to Raw and SmackDown and start a new campaign to get to the top. Uh, I couldn't agree with you more. It was the same with the Viking Raiders and Natalia when they came down. It made it special. I love this last week's edition because they always say you can go home. And when those wrestlers showed back up, they got their love and their flowers when they came back to NXT where their careers grew. And I, and I love that. And I love that connection between the NXT universe uh, and, and the performers. It, it was just, it's an amazing connection. And that you can only get at that specific place. Why? 
because it's their home. Exactly. And it goes back to what I was saying earlier about the atmosphere here in NXT and how it's one of the, the best places I've ever had the, the, the good fortune to work. When you look at people like Apollo Crews and a lot of these talents like the Viking Raiders who want to come back here to NXT, it's because of how good they feel being back here. It really is coming home. It's a testament to the atmosphere that people like Triple H and Shawn Michaels have managed to build here, how much people want to be here. It isn't like people are saying, you know, it's my day off. I don't really want to go and do an extra day's work. No, they want to come here. They want to be involved. They want to meet the new talent. They want to be back in this environment and, and be back as part of this culture again. And I think a lot of the people from Raw and SmackDown, including our very own Drew McIntyre, who's going to be in the main event of Clash at the Castle on Saturday. He's another one who will sing the praises of NXT non-stop because it did massive wonders for his career when he got rehired back in 2017 i think it was and became the champion here and, and look at him now off and running he, he loves this place he was somebody who actually called when i got the offer to come back to nxt as a commentator i had a chat with drew sounded him out how did you feel about nxt was it everything it's cracked up to be and he sold it massively to me told me how amazing it is and i've got to, I've got to tell you he was absolutely right well, NXT Worlds Collide coming up on Sunday, 4 o'clock Eastern Time, exclusively streaming on Peacock. Thank you so much for the time, Wade. You bring class to NXT. Vic Joseph looks like he's dressed waiting for a bus, but you bring the class <laughs> each and every week on NXT, Wade, so we appreciate that from you. I'm going to use that line on TV next week. I promise <laughs> you. That is a great line. I'm keeping that one. I'm going to write it down now, and I'm going to hit that hit, hit pick with that one as soon as I can. Fantastic. Thank you very much for having me on the show, guys. Like I say, I'm a fan. I think what you guys do on this show is fantastic. Thank you for highlighting everything that is good in this great industry. We, we all really appreciate what you guys do. Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports podcast network if you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more please give a five-star rating and leave a review subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast catch the full three hours of busted open monday through saturday at 9 a.m eastern on sirius xm fight nation channel 156 go to siriusxm.com backslash busted open trial to start your free trial today The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. There's a moment you realize you're ready for what's next in your career. Maybe it's when you're trying a new scone recipe and think, I could open a cafe. Or maybe you're helping a coworker and say, I could teach a course on this. Whatever your moment is, it's never too early to plan for a career that lives longer. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. For skills training, resume tips, and job listings, visit aarp.org work.